0: Intro Hangover supported via Patreon by listeners like you. We would especially like to thank patrons Lyle McCarns, Ashton Ruby, Randall Quiggle, Tony G, Studstill Smash the Milkman, Katie Quigg, Paul Romalo, Raging Demon, JC, Megan Caruso, Masked Keaton, Andrew Liguori, Ozzy Garcia, The Retro Vixen, Adam from the Good, the Bad, the Backlog, Thunderdome Gaming Society, Lucas Lobo, Jenny E, Rick Firestone, Keith Gasper, Dave Jackson, Eric Guess, Kayla Jackson, Jackson, Nomad from the Retro Wildlands podcast, and Ash event. Your continued engagement and generous donations are deeply appreciated.
1: Open your ears and crack some beers. You are listening to the most recent episode of Retro Hangover.
0: Gamers, welcome to the podcast where we stare starry sins, swallowing sweet sweat scintillatingly. What? What? Scintillating. I said that right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You
1: you got it right. (laughs) Which I know is unusual, but we're here and we did it. Did did
0: I get that? This is Retro (laughs) Hangover. (laughs) I am your co-host, Chris Copeland, with special guest Soha, and as always, your host. Shane, give me something to dick dragon
1: shoot. Koski <laughs> jacked up and good to go.
2: <laughs> Fired up, you know, Chris. Yeah, every time people mention that you just go into space when you do this, yes, I'm like, okay, I will time it how long he just went away just took a trip uh went to (laughs) i don't know some random ass mcdonald's out there in the moon and came back (laughs) and it was seven seconds long from the time that you just suddenly disappeared it it wasn't even just oh so slowly going into space it just gone and then you came back
0: (laughs) speed of light (laughs) yeah i'm sorry it was only seven seconds well i'll do better next time
2: (laughs) Well, the whole dick dragon, I think, was pretty much uh, a lot longer than that, but still.
0: <laughs> Don't you know it. I mean, it. thank you. I, <laughs> I appreciate the fact that you, you admire the, the length that I can hold the dick dragon. Where <laughs> How well, are we going with big, this? What? <laughs> it can be.
2: <laughs> Everyone loves uh, someone that can handle the dick
0: da- dragon, right?
1: That, yeah. That is true. I've or so I've heard I don't, I don't know. I've
0: I've heard that as yeah, well. I've heard I've, heard, I've heard tales. But in case we are extremely happy to have Soha on an episode with us. Soha has been a member of our community for a very long time. He was also part of the Growing Up Gaming in Brazil episode that we also did with Diskaimera. And that is over on our Patreon, but now he gets to get his full-fledged episode here. So Soha, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, the honor is all mine. I'm
2: really glad that I can be part of an episode. And uh, it's really fun to just listen to you guys, especially because uh, this guy introduced me, right? And it was conveniently also at a time that I started going to the gym. And I'm like, okay, I will listen to them while I just pump this weight up and just get jacked. It's all yeah. just the greatest thing ever.
0: Nice. Smalls the goal. I love it. I hope you're much more jacked now. I I hope those those veins are flowing. Much like uh, in our in our titular character, Gorp. Gorp's, Gorp's veins are flowing as well. Oh, yeah. I am oh, yeah, pretty He's jacked. magnificent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to hear that you're jacked. I'm still not jacked. And I've been going to the gym, too. It's pizza for me. That's what it is.
1: See, there you go. So that you, you don't need any sort of workout none of that shenanigans you don't need to shake some powder in a bottle all you need is a, a good episode of rhp and that's it. It that's get right. you them get you them gains
0: yeah just yeah. just slam that dick dragon into your ear exactly <laughs> all you need is a dick dragon baby and nothing more exactly
2: that's where all the gains come from <laughs> <laughs> plenty
0: of
1: protein <laughs> uh, the, the patented dragon push-up
2: um would you so how can do that now uh, oh, oh of course i can just just tell me how to do it first
1: oh well i mean if you have to ask then you know
0: we we might we might put that out on patreon no promises okay <laughs> keaton don't audit us <laughs>
1: that's no, that's that, that's only fans content that's what that is
0: we're working on it yeah probably in 2069 that's when the content will come out nice 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 okay what are we what are we talking about today though i i think i'm excited to talk about this but i'm not sure so i just i gotta be reminded
1: oh well if you didn't know it's it's warcraft in space
0: A warcraft in space
1: yeah yes oh,
0: Me me orc but
2: uh i use lightsaber right that's right yeah, yeah like that right
0: civilized orcs he 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 not that kind of orc <laughs> no zag zag no zag gabu gabu Wrong game. I'm going to be talking about. I hope I don't talk about Warcraft too much during this episode because we are talking about StarCraft. Hell yeah! The amazing art. Uh, I give that away. I'm giving it away. I mean, okay. okay. The, does anybody notable not know that really? I mean, come on. I, you're right. The amazing and notable RTS from 1998, but does it hold up today? You'll have to until <laughs> oh, yeah. the end uh, of the episode you gotta to find out. A
2: little bit of mystery, right?
0: Oh, man
1: the tension is palpable wouldn't that be fucking wild though if we just like ended this episode and be like nah man that gave shit it's awful
0: yeah <laughs> oh you- i don't own a mouse <laughs> well surely surely
2: we're gonna have to hold a little bit of mystery here while well, we don't know actually Let's just place a little bit of Protoss magic here and say you don't remember anything. You, you, you all you just That's right. your mind's raised.
1: <laughs> there we go. It's all gone. We just got Will Smith yeah. for ire. For ire. That's right. And Taru Adun. And Taru <laughs> Adun. Adun. <laughs> we just okay. spend this entire episode just <laughs> quoting the characters. It's ridiculous. This is like the Monty Python of video games.
0: Before we get to the game du jour. We like to talk about the games that we have been playing
1: lately. As we are wont
0: to do. You got it, there we oh, go. finally Damn. got I, it, I got yes. in on it. Oh, I'm taking it back. <laughs> Alright, so we'll start out with you Soha. What have you been playing lately? Wow, actually, this might be my first episode, but
2: I have been mentioned in these bands for uh, a couple of times. Apparently I am known as that one Splatoon guy. And you, you are correct to assume that I am the one guy that plays Splatoon. Yeah, I've been playing a little bit of Splatoon 3, as I often do at my nights. And I, go, I get frustrated and I say, this game sucks. Can't wait to go back to it tomorrow. <laughs> Other than that, I've been playing actually quite a few games these last couple of weeks. I finished Mario and Luigi's Superstar Saga last. Nice. Mm -hmm. It's great, man. It's still really great. Just the final boss. Actually, bullshit. Why do they have to make it like that? I I don't know. (laughs) Like, the the whole game. Oh, man. Easy peasy. No problem here. Can't even know what hit him. Get to the final boss. This sucks. What the fuck were they thinking?
0: (laughs) Sounds like Mario Land 2. Oof.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before that, I played actually. Yeah, I, I also played Metroid Prime Remaster. Mm. Both, I, I just 100% the, the whole game, like not, not just a file. I, I just like went like, okay, look, I'm gonna play normal mode, I'm gonna play hard mode, I'm gonna get 100% on everything. I will say, yes, uh, it's Metroid Prime. I don't think anything else needs to be said. Oh, but it's prettier a lot, a lot
1: prettier. Hey, there you go. I got to actually get around to playing that. I I have the trilogy on my Wii U and I still haven't actually played it.
2: Oh, you should. Actually, I really, really hope they do the same treatment for two because Mm -hmm. two is incredibly underrated in the trilogy. A lot of people hate it because of some of the mechanics they employ there, but I really like it. Hmm. I, a lot, actually. I I I might be thinking I like it more than one, but uh, that's a hot take. Oh, oh, hot take alert!
0: But but it's, we never do no. hot takes on this show. Not <laughs> Absolutely <never>. not. No, <laughs> <laughs> never. Especially not me. Before all of this,
2: I I actually been playing quite a few games at the weekends. Uh, I I talk to you know I I do Twitch streams right. And I talked to the people that that watch me. I I started doing a little voting for everyone. Like I played some games uh, at the Saturdays, and I've they voted for me to play Mario and Luigi. But before that, I wasn't doing it. And before that, I was playing Earthbound for the first time. Ah, and yeah, it's really great. Even though I already knew pretty much everything about it before playing it because. Well, it's kind of hard to avoid spoilers for a 30 year old game
0: nowadays. True. You're, you're horrible. You're a horrible person for spoiling it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if he listened to our, our episode on it, which I assume he did, I mean, we kind of spoiled it for him anyway if it hadn't already been done.
0: Well, we're horrible
1: people too. I'm, I'm sure. I mean, that, yeah, that's for different reasons, probably, but yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, don't spoil the thirty-year-old games, guys. That's just something you do not do.
1: Okay, never. Why do we even have this show then? What?
2: <laughs> well, some games people don't care about spoilers, I guess. Like, uh, d- will people really care that you're gonna spoil a dragon wing? <laughs> <laughs>
0: that- <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, it, you will. Yeah. We need to save the surprise for disembodied legs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was still. That's so crazy. I can't believe that that made it out the door like that but anyway
0: yo for real though go listen to dragon wang that episode supposedly is hilarious i've been told (laughs) i mean we had had a good time recording it as i recall we did
2: yes it it was you know for for an episode that the whole premise was just because haha Wang Dragon Wang <laughs> it, it, was, it was really good I'm not gonna
1: lie that's, that's, what, that's what our entire show is built on Soha what are you talking about
0: <laughs> Well you we're, see we're deep diving
2: with Wang that's right <laughs> Well you see that's why that's why every episode is just as good as the last one
1: Plenty of Wang ah consistent quality yeah. I didn't say
0: good quality just a level yeah. of quality
2: yeah, yeah just consistent
0: Yeah. <laughs> so I guess that means we're moving on to you, Shane. Oh, okay. And what game have you been playing?
1: Oh, just just one. Do I only get to do I only get to pick one? Oh,
0: okay. Uh, if you want, you can talk about multiple. But if you insist- oh,
1: geez, okay. Wow, wow. Let's see. What have I been playing? That's a, that's an excellent question. I think uh, apart from you know the usual, just kind of getting getting prepped for some of this stuff. I uh, I actually went and downloaded the HD remake. Of, of the game du jour even though I still have and actually this is an opportunity a rare I might add opportunity for me to post something to our instagram because usually it's Chris that has all the cool physical goodies and and whatnot but uh, yes i uh, I still have my original starcraft discs and my big box oh. and also if i I have to dig it out because I think it's it's buried in my closet somewhere but I still have a starcraft protoss promotional t-shirt from like 1998
2: a true fan
1: yeah so i gotta i gotta find that i wore that a ton back in the day so it's it's a little faded but it's uh i hope
0: it doesn't affect your decision at the end of the show
1: oh no not not at all i'm very objective about this (laughs) completely (laughs) yeah um, but anyway, so did did a little bit of the HD remake of the game um, and turns out it looks good. Still plays like Starcraft. So I was happy outside of that. Uh, got a little bit more time in on Elden Ring. I am slowly inching my way towards the finish line there got like one and a half areas left to go so almost almost towards the end i'm creeping up on 180 hours played so that's a an investment but you know what it was it's it's all worth it because that game is fantastic i think that's honestly that's that's kind of about it i haven't really been i've been doing some gaming on my phone just doing some casual mobile stuff i got sucked into street fighter Duel. Because that just came out recently, what yeah it's 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 not what you think it is it's it's not a it's not an actual fighting game.
0: <laughs> I was about to say you no,
1: no, not at all. The closest I ever got to a mobile fighting game was probably the Marvel Strike Force, and that's just because it's like the super casual fighting game, so I well, wasn't yeah. Yeah. absolutely terrible at it, but no, uh, Street Fighter duel is actually just kind of like a honestly it's a reskin of pretty much all of the idle RPGs that are out there. You make a party of, well, technically four street fighter characters. You have three and then like a tag in, you just run like auto battle, like party based combat stuff. It's all right. It's not bad. Their monetization is fucking awful, but that's not surprising.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Expect. Don't know how
1: long I'll stick with it, but uh, you know, (laughs) that's, yeah, it's a gotcha game. So, you know, you, you shouldn't expect any better, honestly. And there's a whole controversy with the very first event they just put out with uh, it's a monster hunter collab and you get like a monster hunter version of Ken, but the character is 100% paywalled. Like you can't even uh. like people were saving up their premium currency. And so was I with the idea that like we were going to do a bunch of pulls once the event hit to try to get the new character. And then Capcom and Crunchyroll Games, because they're the ones that are publishing this thing, were basically just like, yeah, fuck all you guys. Um, you don't get to use the the gems, which you use for literally everything else. We made a special currency just for this event, and the only way you can get it is either getting like six of them by grinding or buying packs for like 50 bucks. Super Ew. shitty. So I don't know how long the game's gonna last, but it's been okay as a little time waster for the last like week or so at any rate. Yeah, I think that's mostly it for me. Um, Just a couple of little things here and there. Still plunking away at some Nomad survival on Steam. And I, at the time of this recording, I'm getting myself hyped for uh, the Diablo 4 early access beta starting Mm -hmm. uh, tomorrow.
2: Oh, oh, already.
1: I'm excited for that. Yeah, but uh, but that's me.
2: Very topical, isn't it? Since we're talking about a Blizzard game today.
1: I know, right? It yeah. is. Yeah, it is.
2: Also, uh Capcom might be re- doing good these past few years and such, but in at the end of the day, they kind of uh still are Capcom and they just go like, Yeah, sometimes they they do this kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, speaking of Monster Hunter, you know, mm. if you if you Dump 180 hours in Elden Ring. You can probably try Monster Hunter. I think yeah, you're gonna have a great time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't disagree <laughs> with you, Soha. Huh? And actually, I uh I, I have it. We talked about that recently. Yeah, I've I've got Monster Hunter Four Ultimate on my 3ds, so it's it's sitting there. And you know what? I've I've got a 14 hour plane ride ahead of me in about two or three, about three weeks from now. So there's a very good chance I might just. Dive into that while I'm sitting on a plane.
2: Oh yeah, trapped
1: for 14 hours.
2: Shane is gonna be able to get his first tetsukabra He's gonna be like, oh yeah, I remember that guy, the 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 big big ass frog with tusks. Mm, That
1: that yeah, you're saying words and I don't know what they mean, but that (laughs) sure sounds exciting.
0: Oh, I can't wait to hear a report back on Monster Hunter. (laughs) I think that's probably gonna lead to an episode.
1: Probably. Yeah,
0: yeah, probably, probably yeah.
1: at any rates. Uh, Chris, what what have you been? Uh, what have you been up to? What's been keeping you busy?
0: I have been playing uh, the mostly been playing the game. We're going to be reviewing next. Ah, yes. For our next major episode. And that has been occupying all my time. And I'll save any of my thoughts for that episode because they are all over the place. Mm. And you'll understand what I mean in two weeks. So all over the place. Unlike yeah. the game. i I mean it's a straight line yeah it's a straight line (laughs) and the and the the, the fantasies are final that is true yeah for the 13th time Mm. but i have been supporting our discord and uh, ozzy running the uh, retro hangover review crew and been playing some rocket knight adventures Mm. and i have to say i had a fantastic fantastic time with that game uh, we're, in, this, this, we're in April now. In real time, we're not in April, but it was our review crew game of the month for March. So we've moved on to another game now for April. And I just I had such a great time with that. I gave it an 8.5 over there and I gave it a brief review. I have no idea where it's going to end up. There was someone in our discord, uh, Dave Jackson from Tales from the Backlog that hated it. But I know he doesn't like retro games. We still like you, though, Dave. I mean, <laughs> you maybe eventually you'll get over it, but <laughs> mm. it's OK. We We do love and appreciate you, even though if you don't like good games. I I don't like good games either from time to time. Yeah, is known.
2: I have noticed that, Chris.
0: (laughs) Hey, it happened. (laughs) Disco Elysium still sucks. Anyway, Rocket (laughs) Knight Adventures is, how do I explain this? It's like Konami. It's peak Konami. It's not an arcade game in in any sense of the word. It's like a true platformer kind of game. But the the fact that you can zoom all over with your chargey rocket thing and it adds a different element to the gameplay in and of itself makes it just such a joy. And a lot of people are saying it's difficult, and it is. And I, I was playing it on my computer at first because I heard the Japanese version was easier. And in many ways it is, but it's not that much different than the U.S. version, which I have a physical copy of. And because I was able to just play through using safe states, learning the levels, I put in my Sega Genesis and I, I one credit cleared it. Didn't continue at all. I died a couple times. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, I was able to beat the game without using any continues. I'm extremely proud of myself. I love Rocket Knight Adventures. That is such a joyous game, and you should all get down with the possums. Thought I was going to say another P-word, but no, it's possum.
2: I, I really want to do that. I just be meaning to try to find a time. Maybe I'll do it tomorrow, actually. Yeah, you should play it. Give it a review.
0: Then you can nominate a game yourself. Yeah, there you
2: I, go. I can't wait for my game to be nominated and probably voted and get absolutely lambasted by everyone but still
0: <laughs> well it's not disco elysium <laughs> yeah so i guess that means we can transition into our brief history so shane yes we know you are the pc master racer out of probably the both of us definitely i don't know how you compare to Soha, but between the two of us you are the pc master racer i can't think of anyone better than to give the brief history of starcraft what do you think
1: well, I mean, I, you know what? I, I think you're right.
0: Okay, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> As I make an awkward segue, and I just should have ended it there. Shane? Yeah? Would you please give us the brief history of StarCraft?
1: By the mid to late 90s, Blizzard Entertainment had established themselves as perhaps the premier developer in the PC gaming space. Possessing the Rare ability to garner a sizable following of console gamers along with their PC bread and butter, Rare was the individual who had not at least heard of the real-time strategy game Warcraft 2 or the gauntlet-inspired dungeon crawler Diablo. Though their portfolio of titles may have been small, they more than made up for a lack of quantity with a nearly spotless track record of quality that would serve to define them in the years that followed. Additionally, with the introduction of their battle.net online multiplayer service, Blizzard had helped to usher in a new era of social gaming that went beyond physical boundaries. ones to rest upon their proverbial laurels, Blizzard soon set out to establish what would become the third tentpole IP in their burgeoning roster, an RTS not unlike their successful Warcraft series but with an interstellar twist. Development on this new title would officially kick off in 1995, shortly after the release of Warcraft II. StarCraft, as it came to be known would begin life as what most might consider to be not much more than an overhaul mod of Warcraft. Built entirely in the existing Warcraft II engine, this nascent version of the game would make its public debut at E3 1996. Unfortunately, reception was tepid, at best with many who saw the demo leaving the convention with the unshakable impression that it was nothing more than Warcraft in space. Taking this criticism to heart, Blizzard set out to completely reinvent the project in an effort to both visually and mechanically distance it from its Warcraft roots. There would be renewed focus on fleshing out the game's selection of races, increasing the total from Warcraft's two to three, with each requiring distinctly different tactics to achieve success. This level of variety set StarCraft apart from its RTS contemporaries, who often differentiated between factions with mere palette swaps of units. Additionally, the game would shift from hand-drawn character assets to fully rendered graphics. All of this work would ultimately pay dividends at the game's next reveal during E3 of the following year with the general sentiment about the title skewing decidedly more positive. Development would continue, however, with Blizzard opting to completely overhaul the game's engine, including a perspective shift from top-down to isometric. After a number of Blizzard's now-famous when-it's-ready delays, StarCraft would eventually see release for PC on March 31st of 1998. Commercial reception was overwhelmingly positive, propelling the star-hopping strategy opus to best-selling PC Game of the Year status with its impressive 1.5 million copies sold worldwide by the close of the 1998 calendar year. Total sales figures would end up settling somewhere in the neighborhood of 9.5 million units, with Korea accounting for roughly half of those sales alone. Critics also loved the game, citing it as one of the most well-refined takes on the RTS genre, despite noting that it did not necessarily offer anything new or particularly revolutionary. Other strong points noted by review outlets included the varied playable races, the quality audio design, and the polished storytelling. Multiple PC gaming magazines declared it the best PC game of 1998. A prestigious award in its own right, but particularly noteworthy in a year that also saw the release of genre-defining titles like Half-Life. Even with all the praise and adoration received at release, it may very well be StarCraft's enduring legacy that is of utmost importance. Many critics have started to call it one of the greatest games ever made, stating that it is perhaps the single best real-time strategy game ever created. As may have been evident by the percentage of sales figures, StarCraft became somewhat of a national pastime in South Korea, establishing a pro-gaming scene and becoming the country's national e-sport. In 2021, StarCraft was admitted to the strong National Museum of Plays World Video Game Hall of Fame, further cementing it as one of the best experiences the gaming industry has to offer. And that is your brief history of
0: StarCraft. All right. Thank you very much for that, Shane. It's always great to hear about the history of StarCraft, just because Oh, it's, it's StarCraft. It is. It's dreamy. We're, we're giving too much away, as we already indicated. That, that ship has sailed like that. I know, (laughs) I know. And if you want a really niche reference here, I'm just going to say this. Arnie, if you're listening, I, I love you too, much like I love Dave Jackson. But I do want to say that, uh, StarCraft is in the strong National Museum's video game hall of fame, and Grim Fandango is not. Huh. Weird. If you understand what I mean? Ooh, yeah. If you yeah. understand what I mean by that, you might need to go back and listen to some episodes in uh, The King of Games 98. What? Uh, so there's that. <laughs> well, that
2: is clearly irrefutable evidence, isn't it?
0: I, I think so. I mean, I certainly think so. <laughs> but this is definitely a monumental game. And it's, it's weird because it did get all that adoration when it came out in 98, as, as it should have. But, like, the love for the game that endured well after it, like, it's shocking. It just, it's like a snowball with this momentum, especially in a, in a country like South Korea, and just how many, how people have revered it since it came out back then.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Actually, well, since I've, I, I know a lot of things, well, not a lot of things. I know a couple of things about how StarCraft just exploded in Korea. It all really has to do with, the just the perfect set of events just everything perfectly aligned you could say the stars aligned oh Ooh. in a way nice where it would just explode in, in that in that region of the planet because wow
0: would you say like a supernova
2: exactly like a supernova yes and it was pretty much just korea had a Big infrastructure for internet at the time, way ahead of everyone else and and there's this new game called Starcraft coming out and people just want to play anything and since Korea is well known for pc gaming because of the pc bongs and all of that, they were just like okay we're gonna play it and it just became the most popular thing ever to the point where uh, there would be broadcasts of People playing the game on television, you know, like a national sport. Yeah. Like we we here in Brazil have football. They have StarCraft or rather had. It's it's been a while.
0: I thought it would still be going. I thought it was still a big deal. Did they move on to StarCraft 2? I know we're kind of getting off They did, but
1: but I I haven't really kept up with that. Maybe maybe Soha knows more than I do. But I know that after StarCraft 2 came out, I think a lot of people kind of like it was kind of the same deal with like Counter-Strike, right? Like the, mm-hmm. this transition from 1.6 to Source, a lot of people just ended up going back to 1.6 and sticking with it forever, and mm-hmm. it was kind of the same deal here. Or I think a lot of people just went back to to Brood War and just never left that.
0: Yeah, because StarCraft 2 kind of went over like a wet fart, but that's a different story for another time.
1: <laughs> yeah, well,
0: well, if you need that other time, I'll
2: always be here. the The thing is, the thing is that it pretty much just a lot of things happened i'm gonna do a quick summary here because i read about this a long time ago so not only do i not remember the fine details but also it would take a lot of time to go over it but pretty much there's the korean esports national organization Uh, i don't know exactly what is the acronym but i i know the acronym it's called kespa and they Blizzard had direct contact with them and that is how they managed to get all the events going for the game at that place and then all all such things but eventually Blizzard being Blizzard they wanted full control of the whole thing and things started going downhill in this aspect but also in another aspect There was this huge, like, absolutely gigantic match-fixing scandal that pretty much just tainted the the game
0: in Korea. Oh, that's right. Uh, I remember that. I don't know anything about this.
2: Yeah, so there there were a lot of big, big players involved with the whole thing. One of them is called Savior, which is like the, the biggest one. There's also, there's this whole, like, there are a lot of terms that people use that are borrowed from Korea that they use in in StarCrafts and such to not, like, to call players. Like, Gosu is, uh, I think, some somewhat of an equivalent of being a god, a god player, something like that. And there's yeah. hmm. Bon Joie, which is like uh, an entity so great or something like that. Pretty much the GOAT, you know? Is equivalent mm. to the gold, and people would call Savior Bon Joie. And since he was like the main figure involved in the match fixing scandal, the term became kind of taboo around Korea. Uh, some people have come out and said that it, it's not that big of a deal if you call someone else Bon Joie since the term has become kind of, you know, it, it lost its original meaning pretty much. So if you want right. to call mm-hmm. someone that you think is really good at the game, you call them Bon Joons and stuff like that. But but yeah, after all the match-fixing scandal and Blizzard trying their hardest to take over, like solely take over esports scene at, at Korea, interest in the game started dwindling a little bit, like not that much, but Obviously, when 2010 came around, they really wanted people to transition into StarCraft 2, And the problem is, StarCraft II just, just just wasn't that great. And people didn't really want to go to it. Eventually, at around the same time, League of Legends came out and people were like, well, th- this new League of Legends game is really interesting and a lot of people were playing it. So we're going to go after it. So that's pretty much where Korea is at now. They're playing League of Legends. They're playing pretty much everything made by Riot Games, actually, huh. <laughs> and Overwatch.
0: Yeah, there you go. Oh, at least oh, Blizzard yeah. is, has that going for yeah. But wow, we got an extensive history of StarCraft in Korea. That is awesome.
2: Well, that that is one of the things that I just uh, got to know. Like, I read about it a long time ago. It was like, when I was really into StarCraft and. Well, just the the useless information that I
0: have stored in my
2: brain for some reason.
0: I guess that's a great way to transition into our own personal experiences with this game. So, uh, Shane, how about you kick kick this one off? How did you get into StarCraft? How did you hear about StarCraft? All that stuff. What's your personal history with it?
1: Oh, man. Uh, (laughs) All right. Let's see well it was back in 19 Dickety do and i was wearing an onion on my belt which was the style at the time Ah. uh yeah um no so (laughs) yeah i i man i I can't remember i want to say i i had this right around release i'm i'm pretty sure that's the case um my my memory's a little fuzzy at this point but Mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure that i did i am not a huge RTS fan, admittedly. I I really never have been. The only other RTS game I ever really got into was Command and Conquer, and that was about it. So uh, there are a lot of other good ones out there, but it just wasn't really my thing. But for, well, I would say some reason, but I'm pretty sure we'll be able to go over why uh, Starcraft just really stuck with me and I played a lot of it. So My personal history with it is I got it right around release and played a shit ton. I took advantage of the battle.net service and played with friends. And I don't know. I'm sure my experience is not unique, but I think this also speaks to me not being the hardcore RTS guy in that the most enjoyment I got out of Starcraft was actually not the sort of like baseline game experience. I, I never did any competitive Starcraft like online with people or, or anything like that. Cause I would just get my ass kicked. I really liked the, the actual single player story and we'll get into more details about that a little bit later. But the biggest thing that kept me coming back was the ability to create your own levels and having that built into the game was just awesome. And so I would just spend An inordinate amount of time just dicking around with the Starcraft level editor, just (laughs) making like just whatever I wanted. I usually ended up making things that were custom maps that focused more around like taking a small squad and like trying to clear like a zone rather than like the more traditional base building type stuff, because I thought that was more interesting. Um, So I did a lot of those. And just going and like trying out other people's custom levels and things like that, like that's what really hooked me into it. And that's where like the long tail of StarCraft for me was was in that like customizability. So mm-hmm. I, uh, I had a lot of good times with with the StarCraft editor specifically.
0: You know, that's that's interesting. There's a lot of what you say that mirrors what my personal experience was because i do remember dipping into the editor quite a bit as well Mm -hmm. except mine was more geared around towards competitive play like i try to make those kind of maps so i was probably terrible at it because looking back i was 13 14 years old right so probably not making anything good definitely definitely playing those maps that other people created i don't know if i got this at release or a little bit afterwards because i don't know if i had gotten my like gateway 2000 at that point because prior to that i was had a mac i remember playing warcraft 2 on a mac yeah, And that, that's how I experienced Warcraft 2 for the first time. So I don't know if I had transitioned over to PC in order to play it on, in 1998, because I know that Starcraft came out on Mac a year later. But I will say, as soon as that game came out, and I referenced this in the Shining Force 2 episode, that there was this friend that I went over to every, every Friday, and he had a room. His, I don't know what his dad did for a living. I, I probably should, because like they, they called me their weekend son, and I'm, you know, I still talk with him every once in a while. On, on Facebook and stuff like that. They had this room that had three PCs all, all hooked up. So I, I think it had to be something encoding coding or, or something. But he was de- his, his dad was a big, big PC nerd. And they were all connected. And when StarCraft came out, they, they got StarCraft and they installed it in all three computers. And we'd essentially have a LAN party every Friday. Nice. Oh, that's,
2: that's very sick. Yeah. That's very nice.
0: So we'd play against each other or we'd play co-op against the computer. Uh, fuck the campaign mode. I mean, it was just something that we just said. Oh, you got it done. Yeah, we got it done. Wow, uh, and, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Which, funny enough, that's that's pretty much what we're going to be talking about this episode is the campaign mode. But like, there was no dedication. It's time for redemption, Chris. It's, it is time for redemption. I, I'm paying for it, but uh, not really. It's an enjoyable payment. But I, that as you said. Like, I remember when I would go back to my house and I had my own copy. I would log on to BattleNet they had some lame name like dark paladin 1169 or something
1: weird. <laughs> x's but, on either side yeah, and yeah, yeah mm-hmm. of course
0: and i would remember going on to BattleNet and like i if i was i didn't like the competitive play against humans because i was terrible at the game i was not very good and i'm still not very good at rts's i just love them i'm just terrible at them but i would go in there and i play a lot of uh, co-op against the computer and for some reason i ended up having a pretty decent rank all things considered like considering how terrible i was at it like i had like because battle Dead had ranks back then right there's rank matches yeah from my recall yeah i believe so yeah i had a pretty decent rank but i would spend most of my time finding those created maps by users where it would be like themed around a console rpg and you'd start out with a character and like you go fight things and every character that you fought would like give you gold or and give you experience. It would level up like your little Protoss uh, zealot, or it would be a a Hydralisk that would uh, level up, kind of like heroes in Warcraft 3. And then you would be able to buy stuff at stores and level up your character or heal them or whatever, or choose an upgrade for them. And then you go on to another area. And it's like I spent a ton of time doing that. Like spending up to three o'clock in the morning playing with other people doing this on Battlenet. Like for years. It just absolutely hooked me. So like Starcraft is a huge, 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 huge part of my PC gaming life. It's probably the game I've dedicated more time to in my entire PC backlog. I don't think there's a single one that comes close, maybe other than Rome Total War. So when I talk about Starcraft, like this is a game that is in. I didn't play it for a long period of time afterwards, but it is ingrained in my mind. And even after I got a PC again, when I could join the Navy and I was finally able to get a computer that could. With, the, with a CD drive, which was common like back in 2005, 2006. I actually went out and bought a copy of Starcraft just so I could play it on my local computer. So is this, is a, is this a game very important to me and near and dear to my heart? Oh, absolutely. I love this game. 100%.
1: <laughs> Yet again, I, I can't imagine <laughs> how the this is going to turn out.
2: Yeah,
0: no, no. I, I have absolutely no idea.
2: Uh, it's uh, really... <laughs>
0: just i keep thinking about it like uh, what, what are you going to say about the do game do we have roast tinted glasses <laughs> no? you never know <laughs> <laughs> i guess that brings us to you so how what's your what's your personal background with starcraft because you already said that you spent a lot of time getting into it and you were you were playing it a lot
2: yeah my history with is uh, with starcrafts is more regarding starcraft 2 oh well, you see, back in 1998, there was a little bit busy shitting my diapers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's kind
1: of
2: hard to play PC games.
1: Uh, sure. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. I don't feel old at all. So. <laughs>
2: it's, a, it's, a, it's a little <laughs> bit difficult to play PC games like that. So I, I don't really have much of an experience with StarCraft 1. My experience is a lot more with StarCraft 2. It, it's pretty much I got it when I managed to get my first like gaming PC. I I've had PCs uh at my house before that, but too busy playing Ragnarok Online. You can you can learn abo- about all this stuff listening to growing Up Gaming Brazil on YouTube Patriots or now. And <laughs> <laughs> quick plug.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Shameless. Love it. Thank you. I I didn't really know StarCraft existed. Bar one time for some reason. I have no idea about the most random stuff I can remember. But back when I was like eight years old, I think, I used to take English classes, right? A particular English class. Well, uh, how can I explain this to people that speak English? (laughs) 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 Well, how it works is like this. Here in Brazil and probably many other countries that don't speak English natively, we have these private schools That teach English because, wow, knowing English is great. You can have a second language and all that stuff. And, um, you know, learning English through school itself wasn't really good. Even for me that grew up with a private school and people can can call me a bougie and something like that. Sure. Go ahead. I grew up on, on a private school. Did you have three
0: consoles on Christmas? Yeah, I was going to say, I I wouldn't worry about it too much because
1: you know what? This is this episode actually is just further building upon Chris's like bougie origin story. Because like not only did he have a three console Christmas, but he's like, yeah. And then, you know, like the friend that I went over to every Friday, who was basically like my second family, they had three PCs in their house. I'm like, what the fuck? What silver spoon ass kind of childhood did this man have?
0: not in their house in one room i think they had another one somewhere else yeah know. no of course they did yeah why not
2: <laughs> well i might have not had three consoles for christmas but i did have a game boy advance it was pretty cool and not many games, nice. for not many games.
0: <laughs> i'm sorry i ruined your english uh, english learning experience story uh,
2: yeah uh, uh, where was <laughs> He's i like, oh, yes, right. you did yes actually I, I, bougie. I was calling me a bougie right <laughs> so we have this in private schools we didn't, it, it wasn't really good to learn English, even on, like, even on private school. So we went to these English private schools, like exclusively for English. And we would just learn all the stuff there. The one that I went in had these computer laboratory. Just a lot of computers there for some reason, and it, it, I think it was pretty much for the kids to just pass time if, if their parents left their, them left them there to rot or something like that. I do remember that it had a PlayStation 2, you know, the fat one, and people would just yeah. play Street Fighter 2 Earthy. Street Fighter Two EX all the time, and it was a lot of fun. God, I don't know, that game was so good. Anyway, uh, I, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm derailing, hold on. So back to StarCraft. So it, it, there was all these computers and I remember that one of them had StarCraft installed. One time I booted the game up, I got to the campaign screen and was select your episode and I played Boot Camp, the very first Terran mission. And then I had to leave and never again. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. But but it did leave an impression on me because for some reason I remember this out of all the things that happened at this time and I'm just like yeah I managed to learn English oh very cool but there was that one time i booted Starcraft for like 20 minutes. Oh I do I remember that a lot oh that shit was so cool man. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: what that's what sticks with you is boot camp. Uh, boot camp. I say that's
1: that's that's the review from Soha on uh StarCraft uh 20 minutes of Starcraft better than learning English
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, it, it really is like that. English, English doesn't serve me anything. What, what do I use it for today? I, I mean, uh, apart, I have apart, no idea. I, I, I have absolutely no idea starcraft though, man, you can't, you can't get a, a professional career with that if you're Korean.
0: I was gonna <laughs> say, yeah, move to South Korea.
2: <laughs> Other than that, I played a lot of StarCraft too. Maybe we could leave that for some other time, but still, StarCraft Two made me learn a lot of things about StarCrafts in general, and made me interested in what people really liked on StarCraft One. It was a blast just watching the pro plays from Flash doing his legendary Goliath micro with the drop ship and just dancing on some dude's face with the twenty thousand APM. And all that stuff. Oh, yeah. It's, it's amazing. I miss you, Flash.
0: Come on. I, I love that story, even though it really amounts to. I love StarCraft too. <laughs> but I'm. I guess it's not too far off. Yeah. So we all have a deep connection with at least the series. We all were attached to StarCraft in some form or fashion. All these interesting stories. I guess that means it's time to talk about this game's plot hmm. and whether or not what what we think about the plot today so how, how about you kick this off and let us know what you think because uh you know this is kind of your first time playing the full game so how did you experience it? how did you take it all
2: well at first i was like okay yeah I, it pretty much is as if i were just thrown into an universe that i know nothing about oh yeah this is jim rayner and he is a Terran. Uh, rebel that doesn't like the confederacy which by the way really
1: (laughs) but
2: (laughs) (laughs) you know i never
1: never put those two together but yeah yeah
2: yeah you kind of you kind of start to realize when you see the flags and you're like oh oh okay then so he's on this Terran colony of Marsara in this Terran region in whatever system they are in and they are being invaded by the Zerg and the Terrans are hey, they have a beef with the confederate's leader at this place which is the Duke something something. And it's like they just keep throwing names. And I'm like, I have no fucking idea what's going on or who is who. I just know that I'm controlling this mm. little guy over here. And he goes, uh, Give me something to shoot. And I'm like, Yeah, man, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Fired up. I said it already. Damn
2: it. <laughs> but after playing it a little bit and, you know, with previous knowledge from, the future, I suppose, because my, my knowledge from a lot of the story comes, comes from StarCraft 2. I started piecing things together and the, the story is really, it, it's pretty good. It, it's very simplistic if you think about it, but, but it does its job quite nicely. I think there are some things that I noted down here that uh, don't really make much sense or are just not really well developed. One of the, the examples, at least for the the Terran campaign, is that Reynard finds Kerrigan in some place. I, I don't exactly remember where they were. And, you know, Kerrigan reads Jim's mind and he's probably thinking on Kerrigan, you know, sucking his dick or something like that. And, and she goes like, <laughs> yeah, you, Most you pig. Most likely scenario. Yeah. And she goes like, you yeah. pig. And it's, and it's pretty much they fall in love right then and there. It's like, okay. Of course. <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah, apparently. I just, <laughs> apparently, I just got to find a mind-reading, red-haired girl that is just go like, okay, I, I don't see anything wrong with you <laughs> picturing me like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wonder what everyone else was thinking then, because she only calls him out. Yeah,
2: true, right? Maybe maybe they just yeah. didn't have much interest in Kerrigan, which, uh, possible. Uh, well, we can get about that in, when we talk about the graphics but <laughs> oh, god <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> the, the story is really simple I, I i like the the key moments like for, for example i like how there is this whole thing about the rebels throwing over the confederacy but actually it's everything is a plot from Manx to take over the Dominion and make his own empire and stuff like that. And he left Kerrigan to rot back at... What was it again?
1: Tarsonas. Yes,
2: it was Tarsonis. Thank you. Yeah. So Damn. he left her there to rot in Tarsonas and the Zerg captured her. And then she eventually turns into the Queen of Blades. And everything has this continuity, which is, is pretty nice. The whole buildup for the Zerg just... Taking over everything. The Terrans just shooting themselves in the foot. Which, by the way, every single cutscene that has a Terran in it is just absolutely hilarious in some way or another. Because for some reason, Blizzard (laughs) thought it was the greatest idea to make every single Terran some kind of redneck hillbilly. Yep. (laughs) And and it's just amazing. (laughs) The one cutscene, I want to see if you guys remember it. The one cutscene from that bomb squad inside the Amerigo.
0: Yeah, where they bring out the beer yeah. and the and the cigar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, gold fishing is so great, It's something like that. Yeah. And it's like, man, you guys just stride in a science vessel infested with Zerg, and the first thing you do is like, oh, let me let me uh, crack open a gold one here with the boys, because like, that's what being a human is all about.
0: As someone in the military, that's not too far removed from reality. <laughs> Actually
1: kind of accurate. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I could totally see that happen. We've talked about doing it ourselves.
1: So. I mean, you also kind of have to remember to some degree, right, that our Australian listeners are going to love this one. But uh, effectively, all, all of the humans in, in the colonies are basically Space Australia. It's, it's really what it is, because like the Earth... Basically, told all of the criminals and like the cybernetically enhanced people and like genetic mutants to fuck off and go colonize somewhere else in the galaxy. So, all of the Terran colonies that you see, it, it is literally Space Australia.
0: It makes sense why they labeled them the Confederacy. Right. Even though it was, I think it was two on the nose, if I'm being honest. Like, why well, is the Confederate okay? I mean, maybe listen, not 1998. I could. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I actually I was going to I wasn't going to defend
0: it actually. I'm not defending it. <laughs> I was just going to
1: say, listen, Chris Metzen, I love the guy and and I love what he did. He almost, I won't say single-handedly cuz that's not true, but he was a huge influence in the the story and the lore of not only StarCraft but also Warcraft and Diablo. And I I like what he's did, but they weren't necessarily like f- high literature. Let's, let's just say that.
0: <laughs> no, no. I mean, so how I already said it is. It's fairly simple. Like for me, you're, you're naming all these locations. Like there's a plot and the plot's not horrible. Like the plot's actually pretty good in terms of like how things develop. There's a little too many twists and turns for my taste. Like every like three battles, someone's betraying somebody because that's what they do. It, it feels just organic though and i mean ultimately it's just a mcguffin to get you fi- to fight a certain battle right. or a certain race like oh you're going to be fighting uh the terran why are you fighting the terran uh i don't know here's a reason so you as terran can fight terran oh here's a reason as you as terran can fight zerg now here's a reason that you as terran can fight protoss and you start learning all these things that's all it is it's just a means to an end so you can have have an excuse to to fight a different race and learn tactics against it, because that's ultimately what the campaign really is, right? It's to try and teach you how to play the game as the specific races. But I mean, the story's not terrible. And, and I mean, not- I just, I,
1: I, mm, I feel like maybe, I just couldn't
0: care less about it.
1: I just feel like that's a little reductive. Like, I don't, uh, it's not the best plot in the world, but at the same time, this was still kind of before a time where games. Just sort of had like a perfunctory, like you know, campaign mode, just right. to say they had one, and it's like purely in service of the multiplayer. I, I no, would, you're right. I don't think that's true here,
0: but I still think ultimately it was to teach you how to to play as these characters. I think it was by this point. yeah for sure. Yeah.
1: But I, I I think the story, like you said, is still it it was organically written in such a way that like I I never thought that the plot felt forced in a way like where it was very obvious that they're like we wrote this thing to happen specifically because we want to teach you what zerg do like i oh i get yeah. that yeah so I,
0: yeah i was oversimplifying you're right uh, it's it's not the it's not the key focus of the story but yeah. it does what it it is what the story does sure effectively yeah, yeah. that's what it does right but like overall, like in terms of do I care about the story and the, like, I'm not trying to take away from the way it was told. You're right. I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. It's not high literature, as you said. Right? Right. It's not thought provoking, but I, I couldn't care less because kind of the way it was told. And I understand this is more of a problem towards RTSs in general because Red Alert does the same thing or any, you know, command and conquer game at that time. And I have no idea what Age of Empires does. Yeah. Throttle me. I, I don't care for Age of Empires. It was, <laughs> I've played it. It wasn't bad. Like if you have this big kind of dialogue dump at the beginning of a of a match and then you have kind of like these single lines at the beginning of a a map and then like you're playing for an entire hour with nothing but you just building a base. So your entire focus now is not even focused on the plot. It's how do I survive and how do I kill the enemy? And then once you're done, all of a sudden more exposition. Yeah. And for me, that just kind of okay. there's a story here and I know what's going on. I understand it. But I really couldn't care less about it ah, yeah. because I just want to I just want to blow shit up. It's cool info and it's nice lore. And it's not like I totally don't care about it, even though I just said I didn't. <laughs> but it's not like anything I'm carrying with me beyond it. I'm more focused on the actual gameplay, on what my tactics are, what what were my strengths and weaknesses and how I can employ that on the next map, because it's probably going to be more more difficult and have more bullshit to throw my way, if that makes sense.
1: It does. I think your, I think your, your approach to it is kind of the polar opposite of mine. In that, the plot, while it's not anything mind blowing, right, it was written well enough that that was the reason that I was motivated to actually get through the entire campaign of the game, even back in the day when it first came out. Because, as I said, like I'm just not a huge RTS guy. Like I don't, I don't like the idea of basically having to start over every single fucking map. Like that's part of the reason that I like RPGs is because I like the feeling of constant progression and in a game where it's also why I don't like MOBAs. I also just don't like MOBAs for several other reasons, but Mm. that's part of it is because like, I don't, I don't like feeling like I'm going back to absolute zero every time. And so the exposition in between that basically served to, sort of knit all of these you know standalone missions together in a sensible way that's really what kept me personally going and and at the time given that yeah we were like i don't know 13 or whatever like right th- this was not fantastic storytelling you know or whatever but like it's basically like action movie level plot and for me at a as a 13 year old that's like it was perfect
2: yeah it does you it know works. what i mean it's it, it like does it's work. exactly yeah.
1: what i wanted And so I actually got, I think, a lot more involved in the plot and the characters than it sounds like you did. And the funny thing about it, too, and if you're if you're a fan of Blizzard games from that era, then you probably know this. But it's it becomes very obvious that Metzen totally has one kind of story and he just keeps telling it (laughs) just in like slightly different ways, like every single major Blizzard IP especially Starcraft and Warcraft centers around the same thing of like this good character turning absolutely bad. And then everybody having to deal with that. It's fucking Illidan. It's the Lich King. It's Kerrigan. It's the same story over and over again similar
0: sounding names illidan kerrigan ah stalker no
2: but you don't you don't get it queen of bleach is gonna save everyone no come on yeah
0: that came later (laughs) i
1: don't think that was part of the original plot that's almost a retcon as far as i'm concerned yeah
2: Yeah. there is a lot of things about the plot like like you said uh, i'm kind of in the middle between you guys yeah, mm-hmm. there are a lot of things that you can get really interested in if you you know are the in the right situation to just be like yeah I really like this this is really interesting I want to see where this goes I want to see how this character ends up and where their motivations and whatnot. Like I said, I like the story. I just have a bit of a bit of a problem with it how it's based. Like, of course, you only have ten missions per episode to play, so they, they can't. And most of the time you're just building your base. And sometimes someone talks to you. Sometimes. Mm -hmm. And there really isn't that much time for them to actually develop anything. Even cutscenes in particular are quite unfrequent. So yeah. yeah, Like facing problems I noted down here. Something like uh, in one mission. Like in the last two Terran missions. You leave Kerrigan to die. Then in the next mission, you got to just take out the iron cannon from the Confederacy. And after you do that, wow, Manx is already emperor. It's like, oh, okay, so that happened. He's in the middle of butt fucking nowhere, I guess. And actually, I think it still (laughs) is in Tarsonis. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, everything happens instantly, pretty much. And so it's kind of jarring. Yeah. But still, I get the point. So I don't really mind it that much. But can, can I just say, can I just say one thing? Can I, can I just say how, no. how okay. You saying. Okay, no. okay, okay. I won't say <laughs> it you've said a couple <laughs> of things.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, no, go ahead. Is uh, Protos, Protoss, proto story kind of bad? Yeah. Uh, uh, proto story kind of sucks. It, it sucks.
0: It beca- because the finale. You talk to the dark, the dark Templars. You can't talk to them. We're going to arrest you. Okay, you can arrest me. <laughs> All right, we've arrested you. All right. Well, you have to save us. Okay, but you're a traitor. I am not a traitor. You are. No, I'm not. We're dead. I will save you. That's there. You go. Yeah. There's the protest. You know
2: the finale is incredible. (laughs) The finale kind of pays off the whole protest story. But (sighs) but I literally wrote this so Aldaris won't shut the fuck up. About how oh, <laughs> our pride, our religion—you're a traitor. You, you, you used the the dark energy to kill a, separ- a cerebrate. We tried that and it didn't work. It's like, bro, your planet has been taken over by the fucking overmind. Can you just stop trying to arrest Tasadar for being a traitor for like two seconds and try to listen <laughs> to the people? They have already been able to take down the fucking cerebrate, you fucking donkey! Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hashtag Tassadar did nothing wrong.
0: <laughs> it's is bad.
1: It does kind of if, it, if it, the the plot kind of fizzles a little bit in the third act. I I will I will tend to agree.
0: And the Zerg, best. Think,
1: yeah, it it really is. But I mean, always, yeah. But I mean, I I will agree with Soha that I think the ending was pretty cool. I'm not sure that it makes up for kind of having to slog through the rest of the protest (laughs) campaign, but
0: but it was still pretty neat. That is a, you know, and it's the toughest one. Yeah. So not only like is the plot like mid, but the just the the difficulty really ramps up. So it's like, you know, what pisses me off about the characters a little bit Mm. is. I think this is why I don't get like super attached to the characters, especially now. I think I was more attached to the characters when I was when I was younger, playing it when I was younger. Right. I don't use them because if they die, it's game over. Uh, oh yeah. No. yeah. So like what I'll do is like, oh, you got these characters that you're supposed to like and know, And instead of like throwing them the, into the fray and making them significant, I like put them in a corner where they can't get touched. Yeah. Because please, please don't destroy me.
1: Right No, I mean, that's a good point. And I did the same exact thing. Mm -hmm. Going back and replaying this again, I went and, you know, tried to just throw like Rainer and Kerrigan into the midst with like my other units. And I was just like, oh, yeah, this is a bad fucking idea. I shouldn't do that. So, I mean, that's something that they addressed. Blizzard addressed like later on with like warcraft three having like hero units yeah heroes. Yeah.
0: yeah yeah
1: but uh, but no i mean i think that's that's a valid criticism yeah i don't know i mean like i said overall i i actually really enjoy the plot of the game i think at the time you know some of the the twists and stuff were cool having even though we found out later that it was kind of just his like his his one hit wonder go-to story plot line i still thought that you know kerrigan becoming you know the the queen of blades and getting you know kind of revenge on douchebag manx there because he's a total jackass thought that was kind of cool i was in a way i i mean i'm also i was also like the edgy 13 year old that was definitely just rooting for the zerg the whole time anyway so i mean you know whatever but i
0: mean to be be fair i
1: probably still do yeah
0: they're they're the most fun so i I would kill everyone with the Zerg and not really care what happens. Zerg rush, baby. Yeah, it's Zerg rush. That's a great time to talk about this game's gameplay and how you how you apply everything. I, I'm going to kick this one off and just say this is the greatest RTS ever made. So uh, it's fantastic. Uh-huh. This has nothing to do with whether or not this holds up today, as we've already said.
1: <laughs> um, no, definitely not. Yeah, definitely and not. Definitely not. Definitely.
0: The the fact that you have three wildly different races, and that's that's what you said, Zerg rush. You know, like you can't do that with Terran or Protoss. I mean, there's a way to do it that you can build up your, your units that way. But like every single race has a different strategy. Every single race has a different way you need to approach it. And you kind of had that with Warcraft too. You kind of had that with the command and conquer series up into that point. But this is what was shocking too, about the brief history and, and doing some research is that the critics didn't think it was particularly revolutionary. And as, as like a, as a baseline That's technically correct, but the way it spiced it up and because it was essentially up to that point, as far as I remember, like when I was that age and even kind of looking back when you had two different units like in Warcraft Two, orcs and humans, they were essentially palette swaps of each other and what they could do. And it was kind of the same with Command and Conquer. I think Command and Conquer had slight differences between like the nod and the alliance or whatever it was, Uh, but essentially they were all the same. And this is like so varied, like I think that's the key takeaway from Starcraft and what makes it so special and so unique is that the units themselves for every single race have so many different strengths and so many different advantages, but they're kind of our equivalents on the other races, but they function in entirely different ways. So knowing how to prepare yourself and come up with a good strategy, especially in the campaign mode where the, the ba- the enemy base is already built up to kind of fuck you. Yeah and figure out a way to do that. It's a complete you have to think of different strategies for each race in that situation and then different strategies if you happen to play against other people because that does vary up the way that you approach the game. And I think it's brilliant. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I I agree. I, I mean like I think I get what they're saying in, in that it didn't I don't think StarCraft does anything truly revolutionary as we kind of said in the brief history, but it's I kind of view it as like the like the FF nine of, of RTS in that it's really just like (sighs) the refinement of a formula.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah.
1: And, and yeah, like I think you're, you're right. Like having, having the different races, having three different ones that all play look and function very differently was not something that we had had up until that point. And I can only imagine that part of that has to just do with, I'm sure what, a nightmare balancing all of the factions ends up being to like, make sure that, you know, in competitive play that they're roughly equivalent to that. That's an ongoing battle, but sure. But yeah, no, I, I I would, I would tend to agree. And especially as someone who's not an RTS person at all, uh, the fact that I put so much time into this game says a lot, like, and it, it does have that, what, you know, came to be known as like that blizzard polish, in that everything is just so so well done, everything works so smoothly. There's really not a lot to call out from like a gameplay mechanics perspective that's egregiously bad or anything. It, it, there's probably little nitpicks here and there. I mean, I will say one of the things that's a that is a absolute positive right out the get is the ability to have control groups, as I refer to them as, but. Having the ability to group up units and then doing the hotkey combo of like control and a number and assigning a hotkey number to a group, that mm-hmm. functionality is huge at the time. And it makes her play so much easier because you can just like group up all your marines in one group and ha- assign them to a single hotkey, have all of your, you know, Goliaths in another one or something. And then as you're moving down the map to take out the enemy base, you just quick hot swap with number keys and it's, it's so fast and intuitive. It's, it works so well.
2: Yeah. There's a limit of 12 units that feels very limiting when trying to control mm-hmm. a lot of things at once. I agree. Yeah. Like with me coming from StarCraft 2 and there isn't such a limit, it does feel very, very mouse intensive sometimes to be able to attack whatever thing you want to attack actually uh, a lot of times i've really found myself just (laughs) leaving some units around the map that i forgot to to control properly because my selection already had 12 units so those didn't get selected and they ended up just staying there it's like okay i left i left that zealot back there okay so that there's that marine back there okay maybe he's gonna die eventually i don't know (laughs) So so that happens. Uh, The control groups are really good. Having the map hotkeys is really nice as well. It's just that this game is very, very mouse intensive. Especially because for you to make units, especially considering Terran and Protods, you need to select each individual building and make your units. Mm. yeah if it, 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 you sometimes you gotta do that fast and if you're not fast enough yes. the with selecting the buildings you want to to make the units you want to you might be losing a little bit of time i think that might be particularly more aggravating in multiplayer battles but yeah
1: gotta get that apm up bro yeah
2: that the, the apm shirt has <laughs> to go a lot up <laughs> yeah
1: i mean i guess i could see that as as a Criticism. I'm. I'm not sure that I necessarily
0: agree. I, I, I mean, that's really high level play when, well, when you start so getting into that kind of stuff. It is,
1: and, and you're right. So, like, the game is very click intensive for sure. Yeah. I mean, younger me and my my supple young wrists didn't give a shit. Now, probably not
0: so much. But yeah, they're very developed now. <laughs> your
1: wrists. Uh, yeah, they're just they're dying slowly.
0: No, <laughs> I, I thought mean, they were <laughs> all that stroking.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Just man just jacked no pun intended
0: or is it like so
1: hot yeah exactly
2: like me For for, but now i don't know i
1: I, yeah (laughs) i didn't really see it as much of an issue honestly like and that's part partially that's just because i'm i'm accustomed to it right so coming coming into it not necessarily having that pre preconceived knowledge i suppose probably makes a difference especially coming in from starcraft 2 the the grouping thing i could totally see but at the time that wasn't that wasn't I don't even think that's anything anybody talked about like that was the limit was not necessarily even an issue to anybody. I never really saw it that way either i and and truth be told, I think most of at least in the the campaign, it's a little bit of a different ball game when you go into multiplayer matches, but at least as the as the campaign is concerned, I never really came across too many scenarios where I needed so many units that like the twelve unit per group restriction was. Really, that problematic. So usually, you could do pretty well with. I don't know. I think I usually had five to six control groups, like at most. And then with things like you know the Terran dropships and stuff like that, you can get some mobility going
0: pretty easily. Yeah, not the Protoss dropships. Fuck those.
1: Yeah, well, that's yeah. I I never liked playing as Protoss, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't anymore either.
1: If I'm not mistaken, and I don't think this was a StarCraft 2 thing. I forgot to try it when I was playing this, but. I I want to say, I think you can assign buildings to control groups too. So like, yeah, you can. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. So, I mean, you could like group, if you have like two barracks or something, you could just assign that to a control group and then just hotkey and then just spam build a bunch of guys or whatever. So,
2: well, the thing is that you can only select one building at once. You cannot select multiple buildings. So you Mm. can only have one building assigned to a control group. So the best you can uh, do okay, yeah. is select it from there. You, you can press it twice to have the camera center on it. And the, the other ones are probably right. going to be around. So that, that is one way to have your production up like that.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. You know what's wild about that, though? You were talking about how this game is super click intensive, which it is. The, the fucking wild thing about that is the, the N64 port of this
0: game. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was reviewed well it It reviewed really well
1: it did like I think they actually did a pretty decent job porting the game over and getting the control scheme to work I was and still am shocked that I think it works as well as it does but then again I guess Blizzard already had a little bit of a track record of doing that because the the Diablo 1 port to the PlayStation is actually really good. So
0: yeah, the War, the Warcraft 2 port to the PlayStation and the Saturn is supposed to be pretty decent too. Yeah. Hey, you can have 18 units in the 64 version. Just saying. <laughs> Shit. Well, there you go. Superior version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: There, it, yeah. there it is. There
0: it is. it use the mouse. I think that is a real valid criticism, not to stay on this issue too long, but because if you reflect on Command and Conquer and what that was doing at the time, you could select like massive amounts of units. In comparison, I think that's one thing when I first played Command and Conquer, how it compared to Starcraft or Warcraft and how limiting uh, Starcraft and Warcraft felt in comparison to unit selection in Command and Conquer and how freeing it was at that at that aspect. I still don't think Command and Conquer is a better series, but that is one aspect I do appreciate more about Command and Conquer and just having to fill up like I don't want three, four, five, six different control groups when I'm uh, to raid an enemy base And those control groups, I just watched dwindle down and then I have to regroup all these control groups because now I still have I might have six control groups. But now I have like seven in one, five in another, 12 in another, three in another. That just it it becomes a little bit irritating when trying to just do things the most efficient and effective way. When if it just like, hey, if you can select over like 30 or 50 of these, that would have been a lot better. Now, I understand also the units in Starcraft are far more better developed. Than they are in like Command and Conquer, like we're little tiny units and these are like fully animated things. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. I, not a clue, but I, I do understand that like that aspect of the gameplay is slightly different.
1: Well, I think part of it just has to do with the, the there's a difference in approach. I think like StarCraft yeah. and, and WarCraft, the, the intended approach there is to not necessarily have. Uh, a 50 unit army or something it's the 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 units themselves are individually more effective and meaningful than having just like a swath of soldiers in in command and conquer and neither approach is is bad oh yeah it's just well okay if you're gonna say zerg soha like i i I know (laughs) I'm, i'm saying
2: tell that to my uh marine army that just got absolutely obliterated by one reaver Tell tell me how that's strong, please.
1: (laughs) I I mean I didn't say that they were always strong against everything. I mean that's that (laughs) that was something I was going to bring up too in 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 a second. But I think that that it's a difference in design philosophies, and neither one is necessarily good or bad. It's just a different approach. I think as far as far as the uh, the differences in the units go, there one of the things that I think a lot of people a little later down the line tended to point out with Starcraft specifically is that even though there is this, this varied, you know, selection of units from the, from the different races, you know, it got metagamed to the point where, you know, there was a very clear sort of like almost rock, paper, scissor thing happening where, you know, you could figure out like, well, these units very clearly are a hard counter to these and these hard counter these. And, And again, that's talking slightly more like high level play for your like casual Starcraft experience. That's not necessarily going to matter quite as much. But it is an interesting thing to note that like from the outset, there was this discussion of like, oh, this is great. Like there's all this variety and there's so many different options and and this is fantastic. And then eventually (laughs) over time, it kind of devolved into like, well, clearly this unit is a counter to this. And that's it's so like obvious, you know. So I guess that's the eventual fate of of any game that kind of gets metagamed to death.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's going to be that that way, certain way that the game is trying to teach you how to play it. Yeah. And yeah, Starcraft does do that almost to a flaw. So I was saying, like, you go in and try to attack the Protoss with your 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 massive marine unit and just a reaver wipes out all of them. And somehow the computer knows exactly. Thanks. Yeah. And exactly and the computer exactly knows how to deploy those reavers in exactly the right spots in exactly the right time <laughs> for your marine units to get there. And this is OK. This is this is kind of a big criticism I do have towards the campaign mode, because this is primarily what we're talking about. And it's kind of alludes to something earlier. The enemy's base is already built up and you're going to get attacked at intervals. So you do have to build up some of your base units. You just can't like try to quickly build up to like a starport or or just try to get like straight mutalisks uh to raid or or battleships like you're going to have to have some balance out. So like you'll you'll try to build up some marines and then like you'll have some marines out there just to have some basic defense and oh here comes a reaver to blow the shit out of you. It's like okay, well great. I don't have anything to necessarily counter that. I'm just going to have to keep throwing bodies at this while I try to develop the resources in order to get the units that can effectively counter it. Right. Like that's a problem I did kind of have with the campaign mode and especially in the later ones, how the computer just magically knows how to put that, uh, what, the radar sweep, if mm-hmm. you ever cloak any units, in the precisely right spot. yeah Or they have the, the exact correct units to go there in, like, the Protoss campaign and just put all of, like, send an arbiter there to just completely freeze all of your oh robotic my God. units I, oh, with, without discrimination the
2: arbiters, man they
0: work and they always have <laughs> yeah the right amount of arbiters in the right position at the right time without fail a hundred percent of the time and that's fucking infuriating uh because the game and the game doesn't do a very good job of intuitively telling you how to do a lot of the the more high level stuff like the control groups or how to effectively counter these things they just kind of throw you in there and be like Hey, this is something the enemy can do. Co figure it out. It's like, well, I have the most powerful unit in the game. The game's like, ha ha ha. We don't care. You're going to have to figure this out, which can be a strength or a weakness, depending on your taste in gaming. And I got infuriated by those fucking arbiters. It pissed me the fuck off. I was power overwhelming the fuck out of that enemy before long. I did not care anymore, <laughs> which is a cheat, by the way. If you if you've never played this game, but yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna say it felt really fucking good when I managed to get my hands on those arbiters and was like, "Okay, who's getting frozen <laughs> now, bitch? Take this."
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess uh, I feel I feel like I'm the one like playing defense, but <laughs> so okay. Not that it's necessarily a good answer, but especially with a lot of games that we tend to talk about on the show, it also kind of applies here. And that is things like the control groups and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's in the instruction manual. So,
0: I mean, The, the one that's like probably like 200 pages actually,
1: no, it's actually not that big, No, but no, it's, it's in there. So, I mean, and you have to remember that was not unusual. All games came with instruction right. manuals at this time. So, I mean, yep. you would know that. Especially PC games. Oh, there, yeah. There's yeah.
2: A, actually, they do tell you in the help button if you press F10 and H, I think. And it does tell <laughs> you the controls there, at least in You're the remastered options. Yes.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes.
2: But you gotta, you gotta raise your APM, even at the menus, okay?
1: They're just training you through doing. Yeah.
2: The game's paused. How do you know the hotkeys? Uh, because. I think it tells yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, actually, it does, it does. highlight. It does tell you there. It does tell you about the control groups. It tells you about the camera hotkeys
0: and all that. I'm like, OK, cool. Doesn't tell you what it does. It just tells you how to activate it. Well, I suppose you'll eventually figure it out. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> and really quick, while we're, while we're discussing hotkeys here, that's a minor gripe I got is uh, why isn't the menu escape? Every other game is escape. Why do I have to press F10? I kept on pressing escape to bring up the menu and the game kept telling me no to one point where I had the menu open and then I pressed escape to close the menu and instead it kicked me out of the map. And I was very upset. <laughs> I, I actually have no idea. Actually, it's probably because
2: Escape cancels your current selection.
1: Uh, I think that's just a relic of mid to late 90s PC design. I, I think that's what that is. Yeah,
2: probably. It, it is kind of out of the way. So it makes sense that the button to pause the game is going to be far away, I suppose.
1: I think they, mm. the funny thing about that is I think they actually changed that in the remaster because Escape totally brings up the menu.
0: Really? Yeah, so they recognize that it was a
2: you flaw. Know, <laughs> Thank you. I guess Thank so. you. Blizzard. I'm so used to F10, <laughs> I never tried to escape, so I have no idea. <laughs> well, I wasn't. I, I just have one thing to say. Like, if we're uh, a little bit of more criticism about the gameplay, some minor things. Like, yeah, fuck this game. Yeah, this game sucks. <laughs> it's all about uh, the pathfinding kind of janky the units bounce into themselves a lot they kind of get stuck in things really easily which is fine I I suppose I I think the maps feel a little bit cramped in in relation to where you can build stuff especially because there are some places where they just go like uh uh you can build here but it's like it's perfect ground yeah nah you can't It's, it's, it's impossible Yeah your supply depot is like gigantic but you don't really have that much space to to build it in but these are just minor things uh, apart from the AI being absolutely cracked with the sweeps and knowing exactly where yeah. to sweep and the moment when you have a nuclear launch onto their asses and they're like okay so here's your goal so we're gonna kill it in 30 seconds from now there is one thing in particular that It has my biggest gripe with the campaign in general. And it's just that they usually don't give you nearly enough things right away to have a quick start. It's like, oh, uh, here's the new mission. You have four workers to start mining, uh, maybe 500 minerals, not nearly enough buildings and like an army of 10 units. So you're going like, yes. okay, I, I'm going to go ahead and try to advance and scout around the the bases and whatnot. Oh, they're all protected. Heavily protected, in fact. Oh, I almost lost my whole army. Uh, good. So I guess I'm going to turn around my base for 20 minutes while I build my resources, which, by the way, they're limited. So I need to go for other places to look for stuff. Oh, which reminds me of the, what, the last mission? Yeah, the last Zerg mission. It was bullshit. Be- because. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Uh, let me tell you how it went. For people to know, the last Zerg mission is the one where you are already invading Ayr and you need to destroy the temple, the, the Zelnago temple, for the Overmine to take place. And you, then you're going to have total control of Ayr. I, I was like, okay, so it's heavily guarded. I, I f- I'm having kind of a difficult time trying to go around and kill stuff, especially because I'm being constantly harassed by by Protoss from the right and from the left. So fine, I, I take care of those pestering Protosses on, on my side. And I try to focus on having stuff to go to attack the temple. However there is not nearly enough gas in the in, uh, starting place for you to make your heavy-duty uh, units. So, I go around the map, and I look for other geysers that I can use. And there's, like, two more geysers that you can use, and they only have like, 1,500 Vespian gas in them. So, so hmm. at this point, I'm like 40 minutes into the map, which thank God that you can save. Otherwise, it would really be a frustrating endeavor to fail a mission which is not difficult to do and have to restart it from the beginning. Because the worst part of every mission is the beginning. It's a it's a slog. Yeah. But I get to this point and I'm like, well, I have I'm not joking. 20,000 minerals, and 1,000 gas. I think I'm going to spam the <laughs> fuck out of Zerglings and try to just get them to the temple. And it almost worked.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, that's, that's the thing about Zerg. I agree with you to a point. And that, that What I find interesting that you use Zerg for an example, because the thing about Zerg is most of the time they give you enough minerals to build two hatcheries. And once you have two hatcheries, which is like your central focus point for everything, where you build up all your units because they don't have, like you said, Terran and Protoss have individual buildings where you build your units. The Zerg Zergs, their main base, builds the unit. And so they usually typically start you off with that. If you only focus on Mutalisks and Zerglings, you can pretty much beat any level as Zerg.
1: Yeah, I would actually agree with that. I mean, I wait. Mutalisks or Hydralisks? Mutalisks. OK, the flying ones. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. OK. <laughs> Oh, I was going say I you mm-hmm. could actually feasibly do a lot of it with just mutil uh, rather also. Because yeah. if you uh, upgraded Hydralisks are no joke.
0: No, they're no joke. But neither are upgraded Zerglings because when you have True. the increased attack speed, increased speed, the fact that uh one resource only uh you two of them only accounts for one resource where yeah. opposed to Hydralisk is one to one. So if you have your ground force piece, your Zerglings, this is why you have like the Zerg rush is usually just a bunch of Zerglings coming in very early if they don't know how to defend themselves. Right. In addition to the, the Mutalisk, because you can upgrade them to Guardians, but Guardians fucking suck. Nah, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah they can't do air to air. So like, and you upgrade, a fully upgrade Mutalisk is just disastrous because they have ricochet damage. Dude, yeah. So yes. it's just like.
1: I was going to say that, that <laughs> ricochet is clutch. Not, it's so good. Actually,
2: Chris, not going to lie, uh, air siege units against ground are pretty good. I like I like I liked it a lot at least. Like you could have It
0: can be. It can be, yeah. But you need to be meticulous in your planning. True. Oh uh, yeah. Like you don't need to think much with Mutalisks. You just get like you get like thirty-six of those motherfuckers and then throw forty eight Zerglings and that base <laughs> is dead.
2: Well you're giving me PTSD <laughs> from my letter matches in StarCraft
0: 2. <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> One thing before we leave this gameplay alone is what did you guys think of those I call them escort missions, I don't know like maybe character driven missions mm-hmm. in the campaign. I fucking hated them, especially uh, towards the later parts of it. Like in, towards the middle of it it wasn't so bad, but as the game progressed I did not like them at all. What did you guys think of them?
1: See, I I actually really like those. That's that's why okay. that's why I said earlier like when I was doing my my custom maps most of them were something like that. Because They're I thought they more
0: balanced or custom maps.
1: Well, probably. Yeah. But, uh, they were just, I, I thought that that was a more interesting, like use of the assets to me than just like kind of making, you know, yet another empty map to do like just, a your regular base building on. Like mm. I liked the idea of having like a very specific group of units and building like this little sort of self-contained story almost that you can, Playthrough, so so I actually liked those, and plus I I thought they served to kind of break up the flow of the game in in a good way. But I I could totally see how someone could also absolutely hate those. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, I agree. What you yeah, think? I agree so with
2: Shane, uh, I like them too. It's a nice change of pace from the normal missions, and it's you don't have to worry about anything. You, you all you need to worry about is being your releasing your inner Korean and unleashing your head my inner korean yes i mean don't take don't take that in uh the wrong way or take it however you want i don't care <laughs> <laughs> um but you 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 give your highest micromanagement on all your units and trying to make the real objective having the least amount of them die in the end of the mission i i thought they were pretty cool which also reminds me of a thing of the hero units. I At the Terran campaign, I, I was really thinking that Rainer was a little bit suicidal. So I was like, okay, Rainer, just, just stick it back at base. But at Zerg and Protoss uh, uh, campaigns, I was just like, actually, they were pretty good. So I used them in the middle of the army, even if Phoenix was a little bit eager to die again. <laughs>
0: so i guess like hey look i think we all love the gameplay i think we all appreciate the gameplay for what it is it's fantastic we have our criticisms it's not perfect which means we're not completely delusional which is <laughs> yeah, good i think it's
2: part of the mystery you know it,
0: we, we're yeah, trying to definitely. maintain the mystery part of that mystery towards the end yeah trying to maintain it
1: right we got to keep you on your toes yes you don't know what we're gonna say yeah.
0: we, we we don't we don't know how you'll see us if uh, uh if if we try, don't remain neutral on these topics but things that you can see, and we want you to see, are the graphics and his visual presentation. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, how about uh, Soha? What do you what What do you think about the graphics?
2: <laughs> so you remember remember about the thing I was talking about, Kerrigan? So, so <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Here we yeah, are. Yeah, here we are. Here we are. <laughs> so, Kerrigan. I I I actually didn't play enough of Brood War to know if they changed it there because. There's one thing, there's one really cool thing about Starcraft Remastered is that you can switch between the old and new graphics, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. So I was doing that constantly just to see how it looks back then. And uh, first of all, actually, before I begin talking about Kerrigan, there's just this incredible thing about how a really amazing art direction can just make a game look timeless. Mhm. Mm-hmm. This this game with the old graphics still looks amazing to this day, man.
0: Agreed. Yeah.
2: There's no way around it. It's just that good. The sprite work brought for the units and the three D the three D animation for the portraits maybe not so much, but the units themselves and the buildings and all that is just it's really well done. Everything just Pops out, you know exactly what you're looking at at a moment's notice, and for a game from 1998, actually with that many things on screen, you go like, "Well, holy goddamn, that that does look gorgeous."
0: I 100% fully agree, and this is one of those rare situations where I think the pre-render graphics aged well. Yeah, how often do you say that? Like, how often does that happen? Because I think Donkey Kong Country, I think I've said this before on the show, I think that game's aged like I ass. I think you're full of In shit. terms <laughs> of the way it looks. <laughs> okay, well, you can think I'm full of shit all you want to. I think that game has aged like ass graphically. I think it still plays fine, but uh, it does not look good. And a lot like Mortal Kombat does not look good. It is not a good-looking game. StarCraft? It's still a good-looking game, and I like the fact that you said sprites, because this game looks like it's sprite work, and it's not sprite work. That's how good well they utilize the pre-rendered graphics in this game it looks like it's it's a 32 bit game built from the ground up with sprites and it's all pre-rendered and that's insane yeah how good it still looks today i'm sure the remastered one looks better i didn't play it
2: it, it does but the fact that it, 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 it yeah. pretty much it, it looks the same apart from them yeah. uh doing a bit of rework on some of the units looks to look more like they do nowadays in StarCraft 2 but other than yeah. that it's just pretty much the same but you know in HD yeah
1: well i won't i won't go down that path too far but suffice to say for the the unit graphics like the actual like game screen that portion it's it's the same effect at least for me that Ocarina of Time had with its HD remaster on the 3DS, in that it looks like what your brain thinks it looked like like 25 years ago or whatever. <laughs> and so it looks good and it it looks like what you remember StarCraft looking like. But yeah, when you hot swap between the graphics, you're just like, oh shit, right. But even the old graphics oh. still hold up really well. Okay. But the thing that I I had a hard time with this one, and that's just because I guess I've you know have such a a vested personal interest in, in like the the OG StarCraft but i i really did not like the fact that they changed like overhauled s- some of the uh unit portraits for the HD they had remaster
0: charm. they had charm they
1: really did and i i kind of hate what they did with a lot of them some of them are fine but i feel like they like genericized some of them and I think it lost some of that charm and it's also kind of in a way it's a little jarring too and this is what I'm talking about this is a specific problem to the remaster but it's a bit of a tangent but they still have the the OG cutscenes in the remaster so you see the cutscenes with the character designs that they originally went with which were pseudo realistic, but let's be real, like they're they're a little cartoony, like especially with some of the 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 backwoods Terran. <laughs> and yeah. You take that and then you like size that up against the the new and air quotes improved unit portraits that you see during like a mission. And there's this like really weird dissonance between the two because they just don't like thematically match very well. So it's it's, it's a little odd. What I'm saying is I like the, I like the original, better.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of looking at pictures for, for Kerrigan yeah. in, in the, the remaster. And I understand she, she technically looks better in the, in the remaster because like she looks kind of awkward and cartoony, as you said, in the original, but I think I prefer that cartoony look, man. I, I think I like that, that just really overdefined look in these character portraits. I don't know what it is, man. I, 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 it has that charm. It it really has that charm. Yeah, I do agree. It does have that charm. And, well, we managed
2: to get back to Kerrigan, as I was saying. (laughs) I tried to. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, thank you. (laughs) It's what I was mentioning. Just in the remastered version, they completely changed Kerrigan. Kerrigan, at least in the original StarCraft campaign, like I said, it it looks like they changed her design when Brood War came out. But in your original one, Kerrigan does not look like you know, the Kerrigan I know from StarCraft Two, And neither does the Queen of Blades. It's completely different. And remaster comes around and tries to, you know, change it to the looks that she has now. And I don't know, man. I, I really don't know. Like, I, I, I love her design the way it is right now. But I don't think it's deserved, to be honest. I, I, maybe they should have tried their best with what they had originally done. Because that's how they envisioned her to be that way. And to be honest, uh, she does look like, you know, a human infested, uh, a Zerg infested human. Uh, I I don't want to know what a human infested Zerg is. Thank you very much. (laughs) That'd be interesting. (laughs) She does look like a Zerg infested woman. Kerrigan, I I mean, Queen of Blades. nowadays, she looks like if uh, the Zerg made attempted to re- replicate a human you know yeah mm-hmm. so there there was all yeah. of that and actually i completely forgot where i was going where i was going with the kerrigan thing in the, in the beginning but she just looks completely different and that's the whole point that i wanted to come across anyway <laughs>
1: <laughs> so i guess kind of circle back around and maybe wrap that one up i think at least for me i definitely believe that the the graphics hold up I would say surprisingly well. The the pre-rendered cutscenes maybe a little less so, but honestly that's expected. Like as much as uh, yeah. as much as I have the nostalgia for them, it's it's the same deal with like the original Diablo. Like the cutscene at the beginning, I mean it's 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 still fucking badass, but like also it, it it shows its age and and these definitely do that too. Yeah. It was still new then. But the the in-game graphics and everything, though, they fall right into that same category as like a lot of the sprite based games that we talk about, where those just tend to age much, much better than, you know, polygonal graphics, especially the early ones. And I think this this fits in there as well. So Mm
0: -hmm.
2: the graphics also remind me of a game I used to play back when I was a, a teen dark eden it's one of those south korean mmorpgs you know Mm, shocker yeah i I know right (laughs) the graphics are really similar to starcraft when i started playing starcraft for this episode and i switched back to the old graphics i was like oh wow this reminds me of that game a lot and i know that uh, in the end, I, I suppose that Dark Eden is supposed to be more like Diablo than anything else, and probably Diablo's graphics do look a little bit similar. I'm not sure. Maybe Shane knows how to respond to that.
1: To what? Dark Eden?
2: No, to, to StarCraft.
1: Uh, well, I mean, Diablo came out a little bit before it, and it definitely has a different aesthetic going, but I think I think those kind of hold up pretty well in the same in the same fashion as as starcraft does i might also be a little biased so
2: <laughs> yes yeah. but yeah when i switched back to the to the old school graphics it really just reminded me right, right away of that game i, I uh, of dark eden uh, i used to play that so much and was like well it doesn't make sense i guess starcraft's really popular on korea and south korea making mmorpgs that look like starcraft might not be That's surprising, after all. True.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the sound design for the game. I'll just kick this off and say it's perfect. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. It's incredible. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Next topic. Music perfect. (laughs) Yeah. Music perfect. Voice acting perfect. No. No flaws. Like zero flaws. Sounds of the weapons perfect. I love the siege tank sound. That's one of my favorite sounds. Unless it's not me. I love the missile sounds. I love them. I love them. Is there anything wrong? It's so. I mean, I, you're almost right. So uh, like we should just say it's perfect to move <laughs> on because I don't know what else to say.
1: I mean, there's, there's a reason that we went into this episode, just quoting a bunch of character portrait lines. Like the sound design and direction of this game is fucking top notch. Like there isn't a single thing. And I don't know if we've ever said this much about any other game we've talked about. Cause usually we can find something. I'm sure there's one or two, but I, I can't think of any, I can't think of anything I would pick out that I don't like. Everything in this game sounds great.
0: Yeah. All the music is different for every race. And it's perfect for that race.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: It it is really good. It's perfect. I I can say that uh, Zerg and Protoss music didn't really make make themselves really that memorable to me. I did notice that Zerg music has a synth in it that sounds a lot like the ones used in the soundtrack for Portal 2. And I was like, hmm. "Oh, okay, that, that does sound a lot like that." And it made me notice the, the music a, a little bit more, but man, parent music is just oh oh yeah. oh man, um nah, that's <laughs> how, how do you even compare the other two when you got parent music just blasting that fanfare of heroism and whatnot? And it's just, "Oh, it's so amazing. <laughs>
0: yeah, I will say too that if there's any knock any knock at all is that this like i'm not rolling down the road ever listening to zerg or protoss music for the most <laughs> yeah. part right but it, it doesn't take away from the fact that the way it was composed it it matches the the atmosphere well enough that i'm not going to sit here and, and knock it i i think it goes perfectly with the the kind of atmosphere they're trying to develop for the zerg and the protoss specifically to that effect like terran it works exactly perfect with terran too and when I think of Starcraft music, I do think of the Terran music. Yeah. Like right off the bat. That's that's what I think of is kind of driving guitar the way it's all put together. Yeah. That's the, the that's the music that sticks with me, not the Protoss of the Zerg music, but it still works. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And that's why I say, like, I don't have any valid criticisms or where anything doesn't work at any given point. Even the voice acting is on point. A hundred percent.
1: Dude, even the even the menu sound effects are so fucking yeah. good. Like when i haven't played starcraft in i at least 15 years probably more and so when i installed the the hd remaster to kind of get a get a refresher before we started talking about this for this episode as soon as i fired that up and i was clicking through the menus it was like a warm blanket i was just like i was like oh hell
0: yes time portal here we are We're, we're 15 in the years 2023 like whatever that meme is, but
1: that's right. I got my I got my Mountain Dew and my Doritos.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I don't want to have Doritos while playing StarCraft though. My keyboard might get a little messed up. Uh, oh, that's, yeah, I mean, that's
1: probably a good point. Yeah. 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 You gotta use that chopstick trick, man. You gotta eat them with chopsticks. True.
0: Well then you might not get that APM or whatever that means. But uh Well maybe maybe <laughs> for fast enough. <laughs> maybe that's a skill issue, Chris. I it sounds it like a skill, a skill issue. issue, honestly. Skill issue. Yeah. Skill issue. <laughs> yeah. As the as the generation Zeds would say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, so the the game's sound and music is, is perfect. I think that's what we're going with. Perfect, yeah, absolutely. Love it. And
0: I, the quotes
2: man. Somebody called for exterminator. <laughs> man, I didn't even use ghosts that much. God damn! Come on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Battle cruiser uh, operational.
2: Oh yeah, the the fart <laughs> sounds from the zerk too. That that those are amazing. <laughs>
0: Those are pretty good they
2: sound like bugs they yep, sound yeah. like bugs they sure do as
0: they should yeah before we decide we're going to go into whether or not this game holds up today we do have some miscellaneous information for all of you or should i specifically say shane does mm. so shane yes what miscellaneous information do you have for our dear listeners
1: well i just wanted to point out because this is it was sort of an interesting relic of this earlier era of blizzard in that that was a time where they were totally cool with uh, licensing their shit out to other dev houses to do something with. <laughs> yeah. Not so much now, unless we're talking about mobile games, but that's a different story. Um, but anyway, so I'll give you 10 cents for who that,
0: who they might be it out to. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: But yeah, so I just wanted to kind of make a quick note that uh, much like Diablo Hellfire, which was an authorized, third party expansion for the first Diablo game. StarCraft also got one of those uh done by Aztec New Media called StarCraft Insurrection. I actually owned this. Actually I take that back. I own it. I'm looking at the big box right now. So definitely still have it. I think I picked it up at like a discount store somewhere when I was when I was younger, but it um it was received Okay, most of the scores were pretty middle of the road, but it does feature three additional single-player campaigns with 10 more missions each. It also included over a hundred multiplayer maps. Hmm. The campaign itself takes place during the timeline of the original game, but this one tends to focus on an insurrection, hence the name, that occurs against the Confederacy that's led by a splinter group known as the Fist of Redemption. And their goal, which is crazy fucking banana pants is to merge the Terran and Zerg races. Just think about that one for a second and how that would even happen. (laughs) The campaign itself for the insurrection, uh, sort of authorized third party expansion was, uh, way more difficult than the base game. Some people liked that. Some people didn't, but just kind of an interesting little footnote. I'll probably include that in the, uh, eventual, social media photo that we put out there but I don't know how many people were aware that that like even existed because even Hellfire for Diablo a lot of people like didn't know that was a thing Hmm.
2: well I think I have a little piece of miscellaneous as well
1: okay All right.
2: we talked about how there was the custom maps for StarCrafts right one of the maps that were created for StarCrafts at the time is a little one called Aeon of Strife Mm mm-hmm And this one, many sources like to say that it was essentially the progenitor for Dota, Defense of the Ancients, All-Stars. Well, the rest is history, right? The rest is just history on how Dota absolutely exploded in popularity Mm -hmm. when it it was, you know, made for Warcraft 3 and... It's like it's very interesting to know that its origins are back when Starcraft was a thing and people were very interested in making their own maps for uh, such a beloved game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that reminds me and eventually we'll we'll probably end up talking about it later on down the road. But (laughs) that also reminds me of a custom map for Warcraft three that my friends and I played a lot that was essentially like the template for world of warcraft like someone actually and this was not like an official thing like someone made an mmo in warcraft 3 that was basically like the proto world of warcraft and it was it was crazy that's nuts yeah that's absolutely
2: that's wonderful i love it when people are free to make stuff like this and i don't love it when blizzard goes around and and tries to bring it back but then says, okay, anything you do is our property. It's like, okay, then then I won't.
0: Yeah. That was the Warcraft 3 remastered shit that happened, yeah. right? That was Yeah, war.
1: well there were there were a lot of reasons that was terrible, but yeah. oh,
0: well, that was one of many.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh,
0: another story for another time. Indeed. But well, let's put a bow on the story of this episode and discuss whether or not this game holds up today. Because I think everyone is in you know, just nervous anticipation. Oh, definitely. They think of what we think of this. Hey, Shane. Yeah. You, you kick this one off. Okay. And you let us know whether or not you think this game holds up today. Fuck. Yes.
1: What? Yes. (laughs) Of course it does. Starcraft is fucking incredible. This is, I don't even like real time strategy games and Starcraft is amazing. It's, it is the best RTS ever made. I don't care what anybody else says. This was like, this was right in what I consider to be. Like peak golden era Blizzard. This was like StarCraft and Brood War, Diablo 2, like Warcraft 2, Warcraft 3. Like, this, it does not get better than this. And, and this is even, uh, in my opinion, this is even being compared to the other like Warcraft games. I still think StarCraft is better. Like, if you sat me down and you were like, would you rather play StarCraft or would you rather play like Warcraft 3? Even with like Frozen Throne, I would still be like, nah, give me give me StarCraft. It's it's just good. It's that good for them to come out and just nail it like they did. there, There there is valid reasons for why, myself included, there were just a ton of just absolutely shameless Blizzard fanboys back in like the the mid to late 90s. And this was one of the big reasons why. So if for some reason you have not played StarCraft and you have even a passing interest in strategy games like this, go play it. I mean, it's, it's free actually. You, free. You, it's literally free now. Like you can just go to blizzard's website and play Starcraft for free. Or if you want to get the HD upgrade, it's like, I think 10 bucks or something. Yeah. 10, 15 bucks. There's like no reason not to play this game. It's fantastic. And also we didn't really talk about it much here kind of on purpose because that'd be a whole extra, like probably at least half hour. <laughs> At least, but Brood War also free. It is also free and also incredible. Like, and it adds a whole bunch of new shit to the game, like medics and all that stuff. It's and that's really the definitive experience at this point of StarCraft, anyway. So, go fucking play it. It's so good. It's so good. Was that a fair and balanced review, Chris? I don't. Uh, I,
2: don't I don't know, Shane. Maybe I'm gonna need a, a bit more excitement coming from
0: you. I don't know.
1: No, I, I don't know. I don't know if I could do that.
0: Yeah. It's a lot hmm yeah i've I've had to think about this mm. a lot mm-hmm. uh it's been a very tough decision but i think i already said that i i too think that starcraft is the best real-time strategy game ever created and you know that's that that's the thing i put in my notes my personal notes here is the first thing it says that the fact the simple fact that you can play the best rts game ever made for free for free <laughs> with its expansion pack for free is mind-blowing yep and also multiplayer yeah and with multiplayer like let's say you don't like the campaign let's say that you don't you don't want to play single player uh campaign stuff because you know what i i don't like those character driven or escort missions or whatever you want to call them playing with a friend if you can find a way to play with a friend which i don't think is that hard because you get the game for free with a battle net subscription which means you can play online so if you can find a friend that wants to play Starcraft with you and play co-op against the computer, you are going to have a great time. This game is like crack. You will be sitting, be you will probably be starting up, saying, I don't know if I'm going to like this game. And then eight hours later, you're going to be like, I don't know. And then look up the clock and say, oh, fuck, that's the <laughs> kind of game that Starcraft is. It is fantastic. It is amazing. Like Shane said, any passing interest in a real time strategy game you need to go and play this if you have not already. And everyone that has and even likes RTSs is, is going to tell you that this is an amazing game. They may not all say it's the best because I've heard a lot of people say like Age of Empires 2 or maybe some random Command and Conquer game. Uh, they're well, wrong. It's,
1: it's OK for people. But they to be are wrong. entitled
0: to the wrong opinion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're entitled to the wrong opinion. Uh, they're people, too, though. So don't be too harsh on them. But Starcraft, that's where it's at. 100 percent holds up today. It is amazing. Over to you, Soha. Break everybody's hearts and just say no. Okay. Well, I guess (laughs) it's time for me to say,
2: fuck, yeah, man, this is the (laughs) shit. You know, I'm going to be honest. I think we can pretty much say that nowadays the RTS genre isn't really that popular or let's say uh, dead because how can you surpass Mm. this? They, they managed to make perfection back in 98, man. No one ever, ever since, has managed to even try to come close. You know, the people that have maybe watched the esports scene back in 2010 might get this reference. But Izra was fucking right, man. Idra was right. Every time he would say, this game sucks uh, back when playing StarCraft Two. I hate this game, something like that, is because StarCraft 1 is just better. Like I said, I started my StarCraft career, let's say it like so, with, with 2, and only for this episode, I got around to playing 1, and I've mulled over it so much, and there's just so many things that I can for sure say, man, StarCraft 1 just does it better. It just does it better. Even with the criticisms that I have with the gameplay being a little bit more obtuse, it's just better, man. That There's just no way around it. Especially if I were to play multiplayer, because multiplayer is, is it's a whole different bag of beans when comparing StarCraft 1 with 2. 2 just decides to take half of the units away for some reason. Like some of the units are in the game and it's just like, oh, well, we're not giving them to multiplayer because balance, I guess. And the StarCraft 1 just goes like, well, okay, everything you use in a campaign, here it is. Have fun. So... It's just, there's there's no comparison. StarCrafts is the best RTS ever made, and it really it has killed the genre, it's unfortunately, isn't it? But like Chris said, it's free. Go play it. Jesus Christ, man. There's no reason not to.
1: <laughs> you know, it's funny because I always attribute the death of the RTS genre largely to... MOBAs which is ironic in and of itself given the the genesis Starcraft. of Dota
0: true yeah
1: but no you're right you know what I'm, I'm I'm changing my opinion on that it's I mean I still don't like MOBAs but no it's Starcraft Starcraft it burns so bright that you know just no one else could follow it up not even fucking Blizzard could follow up their own shit so
0: <laughs> it doesn't help when you release it in 3 parts yeah. yeah oh yeah they I totally peter jackson
1: that shit where they're just like okay we could release one game but what if we split it up and stretched it out uh, to three games what? yeah i'm looking at you what hobbit hubris fuck off with that shit
0: what fucking hubris real
2: quick heart of the swarm was the best one campaign wise but uh multiplayer wise it was wings of liberty all the way that's it and that's all i have to say about that okay
1: that's fair yeah that's fair What's funny is, and if you want, not that you need any more convincing, I'm sure, but like if you want a comparison between these two experiences, I purchased Wings of Liberty and I played through that campaign and I think I got halfway through Heart of the Swarm and it's no fault of that particular releases at all. It's just I never got through the rest of it and then I just could not be fucked to go and buy the third one and play through the rest of it i just couldn't get the motivation to do it so if you need a comparison that's it right there like i have played through starcraft multiple times i burned countless hours on it and with the follow-up i could not even be bothered to get through the whole campaign so
2: i'm gonna be real with you i also didn't play the third one to me and actually when i was discussing with some friends about it they have said that the the story And Starcraft 2 wraps up in such a pathetic way that it just pretty much destroys the whole rest of the series that that came before it. Oh, cool. So, it's like, well, I'm really glad that I didn't get to experience the uh, legacy of the Void. Because, to me, everything wraps up really nicely with Heart of the Swarm. Well, there's honestly no reason. The whole Zelnaga and hybrid thing, who cares about that? invented stuff no one cares
1: yeah it's you know it's like if you were to go and retcon the the lone wanderer from the first Diablo first two Diablo games actually and say like oh actually he's not a nameless wanderer or the actual character you played in the first game because that would actually be sensible continuity that we had already established but instead let's say His name is Aiden, and he's the warrior from Diablo one because he needed a name like Aiden. And also he's the son of the witch from the first game, because that makes sense. Fuck this retcon shit. Blizzard needs to leave their own shit alone. They're like they're like fucking George Lucas. They, They go back and they futz with stuff that they don't need to mess with. No, what I'm saying is Diablo three story is
0: trash.
2: OK, well, he said it here. Anyway, Starcraft, everyone,
0: <laughs> let's take this one out, Shane. And uh, well, before we <laughs> sure. do that, before we do that, I just want to say thank you so much to Soha for joining us for this episode. Uh, you were a great guest. We We really do appreciate it. Absolutely. It was an honor. It was an honor. Awesome. All right, Shane, let's let's wrap this one up.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, just uh, as as we usually do with our most esteemed guests, um, Soha, is there anything that you would like to put out to, to the people at home? Anything you want to
0: plug?
2: I do some things. The thing is, they're mainly in Portuguese. There is, one th- gotcha. there is one thing, however, that I do that I try my best to make it in English as well, which is... How can I say it's a video game analysis channel. It's called it's called Origin Point. Okay. It's kind of hard to find on YouTube because YouTube really dislikes showing it on the search results. But if you look for channels, it's going to be the one that has a cube with the arrow pointing up and pointing right like it was a graphic. But yeah it's there. I do some cool stuff about it. Like uh, if I really like a game, I feel like talking about, about it for three hours. I just go and make a video on that. The next one I'm still editing, but it's taking uh, a little bit more than expected, but maybe this year we'll have it uh, coming around.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Nice. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll make sure that the link to that is in the show notes as well. Yeah.
2: Everything else it's well if you speak portuguese you can find me on twitch at twitch.tv slash sohio the last o is actually a zero and yeah i don't know you can always talk to me on discord
1: join the discord guys there you go speaking of discord we have one of those and it is public you can you can just jump in and you can talk to us you can talk to soha you can talk to everybody else in there we got a fantastic little community in there that blows my mind that over time y'all have just come like become this sort of like self-governing entity that is is beyond Chris and I and and I love it like the zerg so i we, i don't i don't know what we've created but uh no in all honesty though it's it's a fantastic community of people so if you're not in there what i'm saying is you should be and you can find that along with uh all of our other good stuff like the uh the patreon if you'd like to support the show in that fashion, or perhaps the merch store where you can pick up a sweet ass new no one out retros the GORP Pizza Hut inspired T-shirt uh, that we just dropped recently. That as well as our YouTube channel and all our socials and the Twitch streams, all of that is in one convenient place. And that is Linktree. So just go to Linktree slash Retro Hangover. L-I-N-K-T-R dot e slash Retro Hangover. And you can find all that stuff right there. And as I am wont to do, I will now ask Chris to tell you fine people just a little bit about what we do on Twitch and why you should watch it.
0: So, yeah, if you head over to twitch.tv retrohangover retro hangover, you can watch us play games on Twitch Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern time U.S. We might not have all the bells and whistles and uh, necessarily the, the quality that Soha does. And you should go subscribe to his twitch channel as well but if you want to hear us just talk silly nonsense with the fantastic community that we do have just head over to twitch.tv slash retro hangover and we will be there and if you want to watch our videos later we do have a youtube channel where you can catch that out but it's always more fun to join us live at twitch.tv slash retro hangover at 9 p.m eastern time over on twitch we hope to see you there back to
1: you shane fantastic all right well i suppose With all of that being said, until next time,
0: play with your Kerrigan sees me playing with my joysticks.
1: Shane here with a quick message. You know, the one rule Chris and I have always gone by regarding advertisements is this. It has to be something we use and can personally vouch for. If you know me, you know I love coffee, and Bones Coffee Company has been my go-to for home brewing for quite some time now. Their small batch beans come in an impressive variety of flavors like Mint Invaders from Chocolate Space, or Electric Unicorn, which I swear tastes exactly like Fruity Pebbles. And the best part? No added sugar or calories involved, just natural flavors infused right into the beans themselves. Build your own sample pack of five four-ounce bags to find out which flavors speak to you, or jump in headfirst with full 12-ounce bags. They've even got K-Cups. Step up your homebrew game with Bones Coffee by visiting bit.ly B-I-T slash rhpbones. That's bitly dot slash